Hello and welcome to Krachbau. Krachbau is a series of interviews with Berlin-based underground musicians. And my name is Andre, and I run Pedalmarkt. This is where we record those interviews normally. This one is with Laura Lee from a band called Parachute for Gordo and Inid. Laura is an experimental musician, a composer, a guitar player, and uh, we talk about her process, um, her bands, and her approach to combining improvised experimental music with sort of more structured, more planned pieces. I really enjoyed this interview and I hope you will too. Let me know what you think and thank you for listening. I'm here with uh, Laura from Parachute for Gordo. Hi. Hello. How have you been? Been all right. Yeah, been okay. You you just came from um, from BIM. Yeah. So yeah, I've just been asked to talk about um, yeah fairly nerdy things um, because uh, oh yeah I've been playing in Parachute for Gordo for many years and then I've been on this weird journey the last couple of years where I decided to make creative process of what we do and what I do and uh, try and actually make it like some form of research because I feel like people are doing very interesting things at the moment. Um, and yeah, so that's basically what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. About your creative process with Parachute for Gordon. Yeah. And some other things and I've done some like projects outside of that, yeah. which, you know, we can chat about. But yeah, so it's just, I've just been through this weird um, process as a guitarist where I've always wanted to expand out and I didn't know why. So mm. I've started to sort of reduce some of my pedal work and then it expands out again. So yeah, I've just been yeah. through this weird technology connection mm -hmm. thing. So that's what I was sort of talking about today. Nice. And Parachute for Gordo is a three-piece? Yeah. Is it still a three-piece? Um, it's um, you on guitar, mm -hmm. and bass and drums. And bass, right? yeah. So John on bass and right. Mark on drums. You want to maybe just start with the track so we have some context? I think a good one to start with, which uh, I can chat a bit about, is called Snakes for the Blind. Yeah. All right. This is uh, Snakes for the Blind from the album Best Understood by Children and Animals by Parachute for Gordo.
<laughs> Fantastic. Really like it. It's a story, no? Yeah. What's the story? Oh man. Um <laughs> I don't know what is the story, but it is sort of um yeah, it is non you know, it's not the same statement over and over again. It's sort of evolving and going somewhere. I don't know. Um there is different moods, you know, the, there is um tension parts and release parts yeah. there's slow parts and more sort of more aggressive parts the, the ending is very epic of course yeah yeah <laughs> um what is the story i guess the, the question is for you uh yeah i thought that's quite a good one to play just because um yeah i joke as a guitarist that i have no soul um <laughs> and no groove um and I go from very like unaffected guitar there to really affected. Yeah. And I think um, Mark and John um, are, like uh, always bring the groove. And I really love um, playing with triplets. Mm -hmm. Obviously, quite a lot there. And I like chaos and succinct. And uh, and I just always think when I hear that, and it's like basically a three piece, and how you can make something sound so intimate then so expansive mm -hmm. and that sort of almost like gear changing dynamic shifts yeah. um yeah. and but still with this sort of uh dissonant points but then very um, harmonious at other points and yeah i think this album particularly i got very into looping and there like at the end i just layer it mm. you know probably you know 20 times to a point where it's just colossal and then you go back to just yeah Loops is the last thing I would I would have thought about. You know, this is just like so un so natural and sort of integrated into the composition. Because usually loops you kind of notice them, right? Yeah. The person starts with something simpler and then they layer and layer and layer things and then you are like, all right, they're working with the looper. I understand that. Yeah. But here I I wouldn't say that there is that the looper is important or noticeable at all I well that's quite nice yeah because uh you know it's not multi-tracked in the sense mm -hmm. like we know over like dubbins in that sense so oh, well. yeah so it was just yeah um yeah i just yeah i think it's weird as a guitarist like i guess and there's a lot of things i've been thinking about like 20 years ago i guess the loop pedal came out and people thought oh, i'll do a blues yeah. jam over a mm -hmm. chord progression and that's one thing and then i was like and people were like, yeah, super, uh, I was very excited when I first saw it. Um, but then something needed to evolve. And then I just sort of, uh, it's, I guess it creatively, you might hit badly in time, out time sometimes, but that's quite cool. And then mm. people, you know, in, respond in real time. Uh, so it's just a generator of chaos, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How, how was it um, like to record? Did you sync it somehow or was it uh, all no, no. free? In the us three in the room. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. So it was all recorded live as well, yeah. or most of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's the vibe usually of PFG. Uh, I think um, us, the three pieces, like, I th we did get a friend to play trumpet mm. after, like mm -hmm. just on the same day, but overdubbed. But the actual. Most everything recorded is just in a room together. Yeah, so that's what that was done. And so the amps are probably in different rooms in separate No, it's uh, based sometimes in a different room. But yeah, us playing together yeah, is yeah. The, the, the trio with eye it's, contact in yeah, the room. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's nice. Um, and um, how, 
Are you worried about getting the perfect take? How many takes is it? Or is it just like, let's do this? And It's always been a bit, um, I think the evolutions of our albums were just like most bands or any creative projects, like how much time and how much money mm -hmm. and what we can get. Mm -hmm. And the first two albums were just recorded in the rehearsal room um, yeah. uh, in a place called Aldershot in the UK. Um, and this particular rehearsal rooms has this history with bands like hundred reasons and Rubens, which were like bands in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. And then we just recorded. And at the time, I think we did the first one in 2013 and to have a, like a remote recording rig in a rehearsal room was seen. Um, oh yeah. You know, you know, you've got like a, oh, I can swear, right. Um, no, you can swear. It's, it's a, fine. Okay. You can uh, like do this remotely. And then we were just, and like the second album, particularly there's one track that's 15 minutes long. It's goes from like breaks to um, lots of different genres, but we just, yeah, we were just quite committed to try and do it in the room um, with the chaos and mess. And then the third album, I decided I had a friend in Austria and I just like, he had this abandoned building and I was like, Oh, I think we should record there. But it's always us in a room. So usually I just put the record, I, and I've always been a bit weirded out with like normal studios um, yeah. and how dry and um, vibey it is. Mm -hmm. So I need to feel like, in like almost like a womb of comfortableness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, yeah, and like to make it feel authentic to us, we feel like we have to do it in, all same, in the same, same room. Time, yeah. All in the same room time. Yeah. And then um, this that album, the last one that came out, uh, I got introduced to Mark Roberts, who is a producer who's worked with a few other bands of uh, this world, like Delta Sleep and Fez and uh, yeah, loads of people, uh, Black Peaks. And mm -hmm. then we always had this sort of um, production aesthetic because both the previous drummer, Johnny and Mark are produced, mostly have like Mark produced half of this album as well, recorded it. Um, but we just wanted this, Still in a room, but a little bit of an extra production value. Yeah. And then we recorded at Brighton Electric. And then again, that was in the room. And then amazingly, um, we recorded a few more with uh, Mark, not Mark Roberts, but Mark Drummer. And then, um, yeah, but we've always yeah done that in a room, not multi-track thing or like yeah. overdubbed or. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. And what about the structure? Is it all... Um, do you already have go into the studio with everything sort of written down or is it parts and parts sort of you know the basic structure and then there are some parts where you just go crazy and whatever happens happens i think we used to be more um uh try and write really uh complicated weird parts and just like super glue them together yeah that used to be much more frantic but actually quite rehearsed and played in a room like you can do a recorded gig basically um but some tracks on the most recent one like this one called uh Dingo at my disco. Um, mm. And then um, it's like almost like a yeah disco track. Um, but we had three peaks in mind. Mm. So it gets a little bit more improvisational. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess a pure math band would be well rehearsed and synced where we have sections of that yeah. and then sections of freedom where you can just, and I think people joke, especially like, I like, obviously like to go off on one. So like, um, yeah, so you feel like you have like an extended section that you can obviously mm -hmm. freak out on. And then you sort of synchronize just with the gaze or... Yeah, a bit more like, jazzy yeah. style of like, yeah, visual or yeah. audio clues to yeah. signal the next section. Right, right. Um, so it's, it's we joke, like there's this really early gig that we did once and then in London and someone said, look, this band... 
we're trying to win the audience over. And then they were like, oh, we could just do a jam in the end. And someone just screamed, no. Nah. <laughs> so there's this fine balance between like improvised, jammed, and then really succinct locks. So um, I've always been obsessed with that perfect blend. Right. Like still sounds like a song, still has a journey, like you say, a story, sort of aimlessly. Um, but yeah, I've always been interested in trusting people around you. Yeah, just give out control a little bit and at least, you know, have fun for some time. Yeah, I think that's what people get sometimes. I feel like, uh, I think we always convey that like quite a joyous band. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like in both worlds I get exposed to like the electronic world or the, you know, um, the rock world, I guess. They, they, people just go so inside themselves and so serious, but I'm just like, this is a very joyous thing. Yeah. So yeah. It's uh yeah, and to trust each other and and even if it goes terribly wrong, oh, oh well, it's you know, it's a show. Yeah. It's a show. It's fine. There's going to be another one. Yeah. And then because I, I think I worked in a guitar shop for many years as well, and it was like, um, yeah, people got very. Uh, I think I don't know what it's like here, but you know, people. Um, I think it's different with pedals. I think people don't mind being a bit playful. I think now it's also like the, in general, the music world and the pedal world, especially is watching, looking more and more into, yeah, sort of um, accidental music or exactly like, accidents. Exactly, uh, so like almost the, accident, yeah. the machine sort of does an error and then that sounds cool and yeah. then you go on from that type of thing. So I think that's what I, that's probably why I got into pedals more. Mm -hmm. It's because I was playing like fairly, you know, technically, um, but people always seem to be much more interested in the pedal work because I think yeah. most people are like very interested not, uh, playing techniques, but more how do you create that original sound or mm -hmm. that thing? Yeah. Because you'll give, like in this shop, you'll give, I don't know, the same pedal to 10 people and they all approach it differently. Very differently. Um, yeah. And it's just having that sort of, and I think that's what cool is about pedals is that catalyst of just like, oh, fuck it. Especially yeah. like, I don't know, like that blooper one. Just, mm. just probably gets, gets so beyond yourself. And then you're like, oh, I can just let go of my plane and fine yeah but i worked in a place that you know like my boss was really into like steve Vai or mm -hmm. stuff like mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's always like pure sort of nice overdriven you know like just what that i yeah i just found it very difficult when i first started playing that sort of like icon or that person uh who was like fucking up guitar sounds and then at university i got friends with a guy who was in a band called ocean size mm -hmm. and he was in a band called Kong as well. And then I just was exposed to a lot of just like weirdy rock bands. And then I was like, oh, you don't have to just do the power core riffs. And it's that, it's that yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Yeah. The, sort of running the pedal shop is also part of the joy is you're exploring how people approach sound making and music in different ways. Yeah. And yeah, it's been um, sort of, it's been it's been quite a relief because yes, sort of the only way that um, I guess we are taught to approach music is practice, 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 and then yeah. you know create structures, uh, create music, and then record the music and so on. Um, and people come here and then you know they take out a guitar and they and you know a teaspoon and start using the teaspoon on exactly the you get the playback exactly yeah, yeah, and yeah. then make incredible sounds that are really you know shaking you to your core yeah and then you're like all oh, right that's you know music is not just that that sort of framework um and it's yeah. very cool that you're trying trying to blend those two um you're trying to do the structure and you know 
give people something to grab onto, but at the same time, constantly trying to get the ground from their feet. So they do have to balance a little bit and they do have to embrace the sort of the noisiness and the uncertainty. Yeah, because I think, um, yeah, I'm always quite interested in the um, extremes ends of the spectrum. So like when I did my undergraduate, it was run by a guy in Robin Gristle, who had like an 80s noise performing arts. So I just saw like, it was the most like far out left field, crazy stuff I saw. Like I saw one performance where someone wore a wetsuit with a fish and then smashing light bulbs, you know, like it goes from that end of the spectrum to um, working with classical musicians to, mm -hmm. you know, like, so mm -hmm. it's like, um, and I always think there's this beautiful middle point yeah, perhaps yeah, where yeah. you can, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I want to be as inclusive as possible. I don't want to just make serious music that excludes people. Yeah. But yeah, like, like you say. That but also like, not completely, you know, complete noise and yeah you know just uh, but, but then I feel like I've had to like I love it as well and I have to be exposed to it um yeah so you, I think you have to be willing to get your it's appreciation both ends as well because uh, in order to yeah in order to for you to to be able to sort of go into those places you have to be exposed to the extremes yeah right? exactly so then I think and then you find yourself within those extremes but uh Yeah, I think I just saw, I think there's just, yeah, when I started getting more into the band and stuff, I just saw like amazing, I really like a band called like Now Now and um, yeah, loads of, loads of just like very interesting guitarists that were coming out. Um, like uh, I've just done this project and I spoke to like Ian Williams from Battles. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke to uh, um, like Tim from uh, TTNG. Oh, well. And he was an influence on my playing. Yeah. Um, I had a few lessons with him actually. Oh, wow. And he was really cool. And he's very hand driven, not like spectrum driven. I used to be very plectrum y. And so I do some songs now with just that stuff. And then I just thought, and then I was like, oh, guitarists are quite used to this sound design thing. Um, and then recently I've been doing projects where I feel like, oh, drummers don't really think like that, but they could. So I hmm. did this project recently where a drummer could have like almost effects and play in real time with acoustic kits. And hmm. um, yeah, it's just like, I think it's just like, uh, there's been a focus on the history of electric guitarists in one way, but actually a lot of them are thinking like basically what you think about in this shop is as much a sound design as it is melodic play. Yeah. yeah. And also just like, I remember this particular, when we played Snakes for the Blinds, I said to Mark Roberts, I was like, So I want so much like spectrum, you know, depth in this. I want it. So I had um, coming out of, I think it's just a DD7, but I mm -hmm. wanted like the loops to like almost like swirl around your ears type mm -hmm. of thing. So that's more of a production than a sort of playing thing. Yeah. 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 It's interesting how like, um, especially somehow I think instrumentalists often don't think about that, about the, the production part of the, design of the whole experience you know it's not yeah. just how good you play your instrument it's also i guess more than that and i feel like um especially i guess early prog rock bands were obsessed with that and we somehow yeah. lost that you know like yeah, yeah which is i mean which is not a bad thing necessarily you know like my favorite sort of indian math rock was not really there is not much sound design yeah so that's so that i think it's that balance again about yeah. like capturing the room and Uh, compromising recording things, that image of that recording studio is probably not no longer there. So yeah, it's not about the equipment necessarily, uh, but it's a bit like, 
um, just having a conceptual production idea in your head of yeah. how you want it to sound mm-hmm. and how can that sound originally different? Because I think, especially in the scene, you could probably get a bit swamped into a particular, like even like you're a bassist, right? Mm-hmm. And then like John says on the, um, he really likes like really, uh, well, he came and tried that uh, uh, maybe pedal right here. And mm-hmm. he likes a really like clacky, but some of the say, post-rockers have that rounded bass tone and he's like, oh, I just don't want to sound like that. So it's mm. almost like there's an expectation sometimes when people just slam you in a genre that you might have a specific sound palette yeah, yeah, or production yeah. value. But yeah, and it's and it comes a lot of that prog stuff is like perfection. Yeah. And this is not what I'm aiming for. It's just mm. more of a ambition of that still, but still capturing the sort of essence. Yeah. I'm really yeah. curious about this record that you were talking about. Is it out the, with the drums? Processed yeah, or? it is actually out. Um, Can we listen to it? Or no? um, I'm trying to think of a good example from that. Um, All right. This is uh, Skip, and this is from the album Yes by Enid. Here we go. Thank you. 
continuous album so that was like oh, okay that's cool yeah. and then um yeah. uh but yeah that's a project where that's just a two-piece so that's me and mark and then um but i collaborated with um a friend of mine called james and then the desk became the instrument itself so i don't know if you could hear right at the beginning it's almost like glitch things yeah it's because he's just like literally pressing on and off oh, nice. the sort of like cut button and yeah, also banning. Yeah, so we just did that in real time. Yeah. So we actually recorded that straight to tape. Mm -hmm. And then I invited an audience mm -hmm. and it was uh, recorded once. Oh, wow. So it was just like an album that was like, every, so no automation, no posts. Everything yeah. was started in, in real time. And things were written already or? Uh, sections, sections, but mostly improvised. Mm -hmm. And like for Mark's drums, I, we set up with... Um, Ableton, uh, he had affected drum mics and mm -hmm. um, some other tracks were much more like uh, we had to go really heavy with the effects, but you, we almost made his acoustics hit sound like a, like, I don't know, like an 88 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he had a foot switch that he could just switch his whole kit, so damped his foot, and then all the affected mics would change simultaneously. Ah, right. So you could be like electronic kit, touch, next one. So it's almost like going through like chains of effects, I guess, mm -hmm. but for a drummer with affected mics. But it's so, so the, you were recording the acoustic kit yeah. and at the same time, whatever triggers were picking up. Or so was no it triggers. Just, it was actually just all just uh, microphones. Yeah. Through audio, effects. Yeah, through effect, yeah. Right. I see. And then you would, he would basically switch effects chains. Yeah. So I, we sort of designed like in Ableton, you could do these sort of like um, chain selector. Right. So we just had chain selectors of effects that you mm -hmm. could change with your foot. Right. Because Mark was a bit like, um, he's like, yeah, sort of frustrated if you just play a pad and how can you be as expressive? How mm -hmm. can we make it like a guitarist would mm -hmm. use there mm -hmm. without sort of seeming gimmicky with little pads and triggers? So we're just like, okay, we're just going to affect audio alone. Right. But it was quite a tricky technical thing to do because we did it in front of an audience. So we had it with a PA, but we also capturing it mm -hmm. with a like a big desk. Um, we had a control room simultaneously happening in a live performance. So it was just like a really meta idea I came up with. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I wonder if, instead of like albums taking years. Yeah. I wonder if we, and it had that live feeling because I've got people in front of me. Yeah. So yeah, that was that project. How, how was your experience? Um, did you yourself enjoy it? The, or was it more stress? Uh, uh, I quite like the, the concept of it. I like, because I'm always really, um, really excited by engineers and their vision for mm -hmm. albums but mm -hmm. i was like i don't like it separate and i feel like i wonder if they become a musician of the band mm -hmm. it's a live production that's mm -hmm. so recording capturing something and then post afterwards so i was like sure we can just play in real time yeah and so there's actually a video of this and you see james being expressive with all the channel strips um as we play also i guess also some aux chains and so on so he yeah yeah probably... so he so yeah some of the f so i think he did this as well um so the swirling big section of that is through james the engineer just cycling through we had a lexicon 
oh, no. um, delay thing. Mm-hmm. So I think he just found one that's called like trippy space. I can't remember what it was, but it just made it go, you know, backwards, you know. So he became like, like fucking his pedal board conceptually, yeah. but as an engineer. Yeah. But it's funny because James works in post-production. So this is qu- quite a big deal for him. So I was like, I know you normally have control and time, mm-hmm. but I want you to respond in real time mm-hmm. in this thing. How how was his experience? What did he? I think, <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's- I think it's okay, but it's quite nice, um, a liberating feeling to. I thought, and when it happened, we recorded it, and then audience came upstairs and they heard it straight from the tape back. Ah, right. And that was the album, and then it was like, um, yeah, I think it's just if you, yeah, if it's just like, I think you just got to trust the people you're with. See, we've learned through musicianship that you can trust each other as musicians, but trusting each other with the technology as well. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do it to click. We did toy with click, using clicks, or Ableton has something called Link, which you can yeah. link multiple things in. So we, we thought about that. Um, but then we just sort of made our own hybrid instruments, and then we yeah. did that. Yeah, that's that's exciting when exactly what, what you were saying, building not only... Um, the composition, but also the instruments that you are playing, and not only as a guitar player, you know, having the pedal board, but also you know, using the mixing desk or running drums through something else, um, and also that interaction. I guess also what's cool about having the mixing desk as an instrument is that um, now the person who is playing the mixing desk um, has an option of interaction. Exactly, yeah. and then we can monitor each other uh, through. That. Yeah, and they can reroute your signals as well. Exactly, yeah. So we all have control of each other's yeah. signals. Yeah. So it's just like a big, yeah, connect. Ah, so everyone had control over yeah. everyone else. Yeah, so oh, that was the messiness of it. So I was like, good, all just sound terrible, but I think it went okay. It went okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when, you, when you're playing, uh, do you feel like you have to sort of step back a little bit from your own instrument in order to start engaging with other people's instruments? Or can you do that simultaneously without losing focus? How, how was it? Yeah, I think, um, word. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting with like signal processing, I guess it allows people to, have, again, like a bit what we talked about before, like lower their ego, because you're like, well, it's all getting messed and manipulated. That's fun. So it becomes like play again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're just less worried about, yeah, probably keys. Does it sound good? But just sort of like sculpturing this, yeah, sound. Uh, so the dream is you just let go of your ego and be like, I trust each other and that's cool. But I think there's always this, that's the thing I've always toyed with. It's like, I don't want to, you know, so I've tried like the helix or whatever or, yeah. But I don't want someone to predetermine too many of those preset sounds. So if you dial in, you know, I want to sound like this guitarist or whatever. Mm. Um, but then equally, I'm not that level of nerd of like Maximus P. Mm-hmm. I want build to go everything. build it from absolute scratch. Yeah. Something in between is like, even though I've collaborated with a friend and they've done a few patches for me and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just something in between for me. It's just like, uh, finding the sweet point between everyone, production values as well as playing values. Mm-hmm. And it can be fun. Mm-hmm. Sort of that painful, you know, process sometimes you go through where you have this thing you recorded and it takes, uh, you know, some amount of versions for everyone to feel happy. And then, yeah, I just found that really painful. So I just thought, uh, yeah. 
just record the thing. Yeah, we just went through recording the first EP, and that's that's exactly what it was. Revisions. <laughs> Revisions, and, yeah, and that's what it, beca- it becomes more like a spreadsheet, let's exactly. say the, the marks. Exactly. Um, but it would be just nice if you just captured it from the source there, and then, and then yeah. So it's something in between, like, like a, a, I love it, like a Steve Albini approach. Mm-hmm. But then, like I was, I don't know, like I'm like most, I'm a big fan of like Bjork and you heard that and you're like, I've never heard at the time something like that. How can I play it in real time? Or is it possible? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I was like, that's what I got to. I was like, I'm hearing this stuff, but then it's, how do I even play it on my instrument and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And is that something that you're sort of exploring now further? Um, that's, I guess, a different way of asking what are you working on right now? <laughs> So I think yeah, PFG are writing at the moment and I've actually gone like the opposite where I did this project that was quite highly conceptual and um, about that. But my focus at the moment actually is more, um, I've always found it difficult as especially a, a female guitarist uh, to be like power chord riff, like, driven. Mm-hmm. I think I've generated the style where it's just quite majority of the time clean, but I use like a rap for like a bit of a push and stuff like that. So I'm actually... Um, weirdly, uh, the pedal maker Robert Keeley got in touch with me, and then oh. he was like, "I really like what you do." So he gave me a Luma, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a big fan of like Deftones and stuff. So yeah. and other shoegaze, and then I was like, "I wonder if I can get heavy without power chord, straight mm-hmm. up man rock heavy." Mm-hmm. So I'm going through that period at the moment. No, oh, nice. Yeah. So I was thinking of maybe playing a song that's heavier, the most heavy one on that previous album yeah all right this is white nose bear um parentheses i am the horse from best understood by children and animals Yeah, so fun. Um, but also, I guess, reminds me of a lot of the music that I was listening when I was um, at the university, I think. So the Fugazis. Yep. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely a big yeah Fugazi fan. And uh, yeah, I think all, like, even when it's harmonious, there's always this element of, like, just trying to grab on to the music, this sort of, like, like nervous energy always to mm-hmm, our music, mm-hmm. even if it's, like, dreamy and stuff. But I think... Uh, 
yeah, I'm just getting quite into this jet. Yeah, since I had that pedal and just, um, I've only been mostly doing like Big Muff and Rat and then I've just, yeah, I've been mm-hmm. interested in it. Um, so yeah, I'm like heavy loops. I don't really know. That's basically the new yeah, stuff that yeah. I've written. Also, I guess the a little bit more aggressive and violent energy in general, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. And especially like I got part of in Berlin, this thing called Girl Noisy, um, which is like jam nights for mm-hmm. or, um, female or non-binary defining uh, musicians. And then, uh, yeah, it just always feels like just that permission to just to make the noise. Yeah. And then I think, well, maybe I'll just make a loads of noise. And then see how that goes for a bit, you know, like, yeah. So it's just like giving permission to sort of take up that space. And then, uh, yeah, so that's the sort of headspace. I don't know this event. Can you speak a little bit about it? Um, I think a friend of a friend suggested it. It's actually um, in the studio I'm in, there's this, um, they're not there now, but I'm friends with this ceramic artist called Villa Volva. Mm -hmm. And then they make ceramics, uh, like feminist ceramics. And then they said to me, oh, I've heard of this girl noisy thing in Berlin and they just do these jam nights and then usually I'm actually getting up playing drums most of the time because mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the thing I'm not as strong on but I do that and that's cool and then uh yeah you just don't prepare anything you get up and you do it and it sounds like a song and it's really cool so yeah I've just never been in that I just yeah I find those jam nights when you feel like you're um in competition with each other I don't really into that yeah yeah and is it more sort of any specific genre or is it free completely? Free, I think, but yeah, I think, I guess, I think it's quite post-punky, I guess, ah, nice. a lot of the time, but it changes around and people bring trumpets or other instruments as well, so. Yeah. And is there audience or is it just um, sort of Your audience, yeah, 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 yeah. So you just grab up and it has this sort of punk a- attitude where, you know, like some people might just, I don't know, break their strings as they're playing and then someone else gets it up and then that's on the so floor. Cool. Sounds, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's like really cool. Yeah, it's event, yeah. Like chaos, like created chaos. So I quite like it. Yeah. It, so again, maybe a bit like those extremes we're talking about. Maybe you just have to have like this, you know, just explosion and then people calm down. But just that first like hit rush to sort of break the ego down. It's just like you any you just freak yeah. out, just yeah, get yeah. a freak on yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Sounds fantastic. And is it regular? Is it happening? Yeah, I think every- it's once a month, but they stopped for a while, but they did a festival. Um, yeah, I think they're setting up again. There was an issue with one of the venues here that I was in, I think, mm. but they've changed venues. Mm. Like, you know, we were talking a bit about that before, wasn't it? Yeah, issues with venues and yeah. noise. Neighbours, yeah. 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 Um, and what's next for uh, BFG? Um, yeah, so we write in and that went, what been going well. And we've been, uh, cause me and Mark live in Berlin, but John lives in UK. Um, so we've been sorting that out and then we're playing our tangent this year. Nice. Yeah. So we're sort of leading up to, I'm recording for our tangent. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a record? I think so. Yeah. So I think we're just working on it now. So hopefully it will be ready in time. Uh, and just like, uh, just weird obviously all the bands you speak to it's like um covid happened we were meant to play our tangent a couple of years ago that got released and we played like three shows and then covid kicked mm-hmm. and then we're like ah oh. so we delayed our tangent for a couple of years to give us an excuse to write the new record so yeah mm-hmm. we did do you know already where are you going to record it uh, i think here actually oh nice yeah so we, i share a studio with mark and we're going to record it just yeah. yourselves? Yes. Nice. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think that is the plan. Yeah. Cause I think, um, 
yeah, Mark in the band is, uh, yeah, he's uh, quite prolific in production. And yeah, I think it's sort of, if you know your, like, like, I guess a bit like the motto of the conversation, if you can really hone your craft in recording um, techniques and production, um, anything's possible. Um, so yeah, I think that's the, that's the vibe. Thank you for coming to do this interview, Laura. No, it's been really cool. It's, uh, I don't often just get to just completely nerd out on what my weird chain of thinking has been for many years. So 